So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome to the Believe in New York Football Podcast presented by BetOnline.ag here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. The NBA and college basketball seasons are here. The NFL playoffs are in full swing. And with all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in on at BetOnline.ag, whether you're thinking of picking the Lakers to repeat as NBA champions or you're looking at the Browns to upset Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs this weekend, you need to go ahead to BetOnline.ag and put those bets in. We hit both sides of the Colts covering the 6.5 points as well as teasing it down and taking the Bills at nearly a pick em at half a point. And then we put the Bills with the Bucks in our teaser. All three of those cashed on Saturday. We started the week off winning. We started the playoffs off winning. And I hope you guys did too. Just a reminder, we finished on this show 63% against the spread in the regular season. From game spreads to totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What is going on, everybody? Like I just said, not the most winning week, but on the bets that we told you guys to play, our best bets in the teaser and the Colts and the Bills, we cashed. We actually, finally, in terms of record, we're one game under 500 here. Technically, a losing week, 5, 6, and 1. The Bucks were our push, would have finished at 500, but it took us over 17 to 18 weeks to finally have somewhat of a loser on this show. And you know what? It's okay because we still came out winners, and I hope you guys did too. But welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed your first round of the playoffs. It was a bit of an up and down. It was a bit of an up and down, but... We're here, we're back, and we're ready to get some more winners out. Only a few games left, guys. We are getting down to the nitty-gritty here. Divisional rounds are here, but I'm excited about it. As always, I'm your host, Steven Tino Rodriguez. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and, of course, the Believe website, BLEAV.com. Like, download, rate, and subscribe. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter, at NYFootballPod, as well as myself, at Tino Rodriguez with a double underscore. So like we talked about last week, it is unfortunate that all New York sports are kind of held upright right now with not too much going on with the postseason happening. There are some moves being made in terms of the offseason, but for me, January is a little early to start talking about the NFL draft, but here we are because we are on the heels of Championship Monday. Alabama just put on a clinic, and Devontae Smith basically covered that over for us by himself by just going off in the first half. He broke every national championship record in the first half. He didn't even need to do anything more in the second half. It was absolutely insane, but that's what you have come to expect out of a guy who broke the seal, basically, and became the first receiver to win the Heisman Trophy in, you know, 25-plus years. So 
with that said, it's time to ask ourselves the same question that everyone probably is asking themselves, including Jets fans. Should they consider drafting Devontae Smith with that number two overall pick? And we'll get to that in a second. We're also going to talk about how the Eagles learned that karma's a bitch. And Benny Ricciardi will join the show, as he always does, as a part of the FTN Network and FTN Bets. Benny joins the show to help us break down the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. We'll look at the gambling lines, we'll find some early value, and we'll see if anything stands out for us. Only four matchups, but we can still find winners in those four matchups. Again, 63%. When there's a winner, there's a way with us, and we'll definitely find it for you guys. But let's talk some football. And let's start with the Jets. Like I said, January, too early to talk NFL draft, but it's hard to ignore that the Jets are in need of everything right now. And that's why nothing's off the table just yet. I think it will be in about a second. You'll see why it should be off the table. But theoretically, it's not. Because right now, what's set in stone is that Trevor Lawrence is slotted to go into the one spot. So that means the Jets can go three ways here. At the number two overall pick, you could take the first and best option. And draft Panay Sewell to strengthen that line and give Sam Darnold some time and give him another chance and make things make sense for what you've done the last couple of years. But then there's option number two. And it's what I talked about last week. And it's what I thought if the Jets had decided uh, decided on a head coach this past week, which they're still in the process of doing. And I'll touch on in just a moment. But number two would be along the lines of a new coach coming in and wanting to draft a quarterback. Someone like Justin Fields to start new with the quarterback, reset that quarterback clock and get him into the new system. But then there's number three, and that's taking Devontae Smith, who is currently slated to go one pick after the Jets to the Dolphins at the number three spot. And again, the Jets would be crazy to not consider all options right now. I mean, again, it's January 12th. It's too early to think about this. And if I just saw a guy get 12 receptions or 11 receptions in the first half of the national championship, whether Ohio State had their best defense out there or not, and put up... 200-plus yards with three touchdowns on the biggest stage of them all, and he won the Heisman, you gotta at least consider it. But I would even consider trading back if you're going to go that far and even think Devontae Smith, because look, they're in need of everything. But Smith is the one guy, I think, that doesn't really make much sense at all for this team. I mean, think about it, and the Giants are in a similar spot, but they're not one receiver away from being back to normal. I mean, at least I don't think so. One guy that high inside the top five, that would be bonkers. And I don't think that's what the Jets need. Look, there's no denying Sam needs weapons. If you give Sam Darnold weapons, things would be better off. But I think if you ask Sam if he would rather some weapons or to be able to stand upright, he'd take the latter. He would say, I want to stand upright. Sam Darnold has played in 38 games in his NFL career. There's only been one game where he hadn't been sacked. There's been 29 times he's been sacked at least twice. And out of those 29, 24 of those times have been three sacks or more. So, for the same reason you'd say drafting Justin Fields isn't the right move, drafting Devonta Smith is not the right move. I mean, look, it's Penny Sewell or trade back. If I'm the judge, that's what I'm doing. It just makes too much sense. If you trade back, you can get so much more to help your team and what you need. And if not... Solidify your offensive line. You know, do what you can to at least help the people around you. Again, that stat is staggering one game without a sack. Ever? In three years? It's pretty brutal. How can you even see what a guy has? He can't even stand upright. So, I think as much as I feel a new head coach might change things up and take Justin Fields just to kind of change the guard of what the Jets have going on, 
I'm a firm believer that it's not Darnold's fault. You guys have heard me say it several times. And when Benny comes on, he'll say the same thing. We've been repeating it for weeks. Panesu is the move to make. If not, you got to trade back. But out of all the moves, it definitely is not taking Devontae Smith with a number two overall pick. That would be absolutely insane. But I get why you got to consider it. And if someone really wants him, trade the pick to them for him. Hey, that, that doesn't matter. But weigh your options. Just don't actually make that move. Now, aside from the potential draft pick, the Jets did have some noise going on in terms of putting out requests to speak with head coaching candidates, and not all the noise was good noise, but for the most part, it was encouraging, and as of today, I said it was the 12th, because I'm taping this on Tuesday, it'll be the 13th tomorrow, but as of the 12th, the Jets are bringing back and narrowing their search down, starting with San Francisco defensive coordinator Robert Sala, and... You know, he's come back for that second interview, and I can imagine this being a very, very big deal for the Jets because from my indication was he was going to the Lions. I mean, I thought he'd be a favorite for that job. A defensive-minded coach has showed and proven what he can do, at least what he's been able to assemble with San Fran over the last three, four seasons, and he's the real deal. But they've also interviewed other people like Eric Bieniemy, the Saints secondary coach, and Aaron Glenn, and Marvin Lewis, which is a big yikes, but at least they got a call in would be enemy. I know Aaron Glenn is an up-and-coming guy, and, and Rob Sala would be would be a big move. Uh, it would be a Jets move for me because, you know, the way the Jets are built is off that defense. So if they get their defense back to normal, even though they traded pretty much everything that they had, you know, that was young and promising, they still have Quinnen. C.J. Mosley may come back at some point to play football, if ever. So there are some parts there, and if he could somehow assemble that together... I think that might be the better way to go. And then you draft an offensive lineman to give Sam some time, sign some people, sign some weapons to generate anything offensively and not rely on Frank Gore to generate something offensively. And, you know, you have things working. You have the wheels churning. But as long as it's not Marvin Lewis, it can't be Marvin Lewis. Uh, that's that's just that's brutal. That's too much Jets. Rob, Rob Sala would be a Jets move for defense. But the ultimate Jets move would be them signing Marvin Lewis to be their head coach because, my God. And you know something? Ironically, though, this does lead perfectly into what I was saying about how the Eagles learn what karma is because apparently there's very strong interest from Philadelphia on former Jets head coach Adam Gase. And you know something? It's a match made in heaven. I They, be, they belong together. They deserve each other, Adam Gase and Philly. Whether he's the OC or the head coach, I don't care. Because the Eagles fired Doug Peterson on Monday. And let's all take a moment, if we haven't already, and just appreciate how hilarious that is. And how much of a dumpster fire the Eagles actually are. I mean, you talk about an uprise in, in what their players thought about that move. And all the people that called Giants fans crybabies. And people in the NFL like, cut it out. It's not that big of a deal. Truthfully, I think the Eagles are just contradicting themselves just like Doug Peterson was doing, and apparently he left because he didn't want to be told what to do anymore, whatever the hell that means. But it's like, what the hell is going on over there? I mean, seriously, they have no clue. They have no clue. Apparently now Wentz might stay because Peterson's gone, despite him being benched half the year, and that contract crippling their organization. Like, good. Keep him. And what's even better... We talk about Devontae Smith. Philly fans want to draft another receiver in the first round as if that'll answer all their problems. Which I was just explaining how it wouldn't answer the Jets' problems. Definitely won't answer Philly's problems. Hell no. Not even close. 
They just drafted Jalen Rieger over Justin Jefferson. Like, I mean, do it. They really should. They should draft a receiver in the first round every year. Because hypothetically, when you think about it, if you draft a receiver in the first every single season, eventually it has to work out, right? Maybe? Hopefully? I mean, what a disaster. What a disaster. But it's a great time to, to be in the NFC East after having to deal with Philly the last, what, half decade of what they've had going on. Time is up. That ship has sailed. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know who they're bringing in at head coach, but until they make moves in that front office and the GM starts to move or even ownership exchanges hands, Doug Peterson wasn't all of it. I mean, he wasn't good, but he wasn't all of it. They're a disaster top down, and that's something we've talked about plenty of times on this show. But now something we haven't talked all that much about on this show lately, and it's because we've been mid-season. We haven't talked about it since last offseason, last about March or April. We had my good friend Nuri Rodriguez on this show. He works with Jersey Sports Zone, and he's been covering the high school football landscape in Jersey forever. You know we followed the Rutgers season very closely this season. Again, check his stuff out. I've already retweeted it on the New York Football Podcast Twitter account. He's going to head over here uh, and jump on the show at some point in the coming months to talk about everything he's kind of figured out with the recruitment battle with Rutgers and Greg Schiano. But check his stuff out because Rutgers is making moves. There are some talented kids in New Jersey that Rutgers have already have committed to next season, and there's a lot to be excited about. So check out Jersey Sports Zone. Give him a follow. Make sure you like his stuff and turn those notifications on as well. Nery's got some good stuff coming out, and I'm looking forward to having him on the show soon to discuss all that recruiting stuff with Rutgers. So be on the lookout for that. But now I'm going to get you guys ready for my conversation with Benny Ricciardi. Benny is here, of course, a part of FTN Network and FTM Bets. We're going to go through and break down the entire slate of games for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Talk about potential eye movements and early favorable matchups. Again, we're going to bounce back. We should have pushed this week. But because of a push, we didn't. We're one unit under, and you know what? That's all right. We're going to be okay. We're going to stay afloat. We're going to get back on track. And we're going to work at it. So here he is, without further ado, Benny Ricciardi. So we're back with Benny here. So... The big winner for us was the two-team teaser that was the Bucks and the Bills. We brought both those down. The Bucks ended up being the push for us, which was unfortunate, but we keep it going. We keep it moving. You know, we're actually lucky because hey, the way things work sometimes. What number, what number did you get on that? We opened at eight. We were eight here, and that's what it was at. And then so, so Bet Online have, has things differently, and I made sure this time for the people at home that, you know, question where we're getting this number from this is a betonline.ag show so we're gonna make sure that you see the numbers we're talking about and you know i'm not blowing smoke out of my ass okay so it was a it was a push listen i would take the two unit loss i would own up to it but we had it at eight and we take our push you know something that was unfortunate in that game i had the under felt really good about the under thought maybe because taylor heineke was starting the under would be a lock and it turned out to be the opposite it was the opposite. Taylor Heineke made the under not safe until the very last minute. And 
you know, ultimately bit me in the butt. Let's go down real quick and let's just recap it. We had a terrible Sunday, at least I did. But in terms of this show, you know, Benny, we talk about it all the time. We filmed this on Tuesday and a lot changes. And initially when we talked about that Browns game, I said, you know something? The coach doesn't move the line is what you told me. And you were right. The coach shouldn't move the line. And things were odd about that game. And it smelled funky. And I was like, you know what? I I think this, this just might be a home Pittsburgh game. And then come game time on Sunday, I'm staring at it. I just knew the Browns were going to win. And so that was a real life winner for me, but a show loser. Where were you at on that game? Did you touch anything else other than our teaser and this Colts? Did you kind of just let Sunday be? Because it was a weird Sunday. Yeah, the only thing thing I had on Sunday was um, Titans plus three and a half. And I lost that one. But that basically evened out with Indy plus seven and a half. And then the teaser was what gave me a little bit of a profit for the weekend. So those were the only three bets I had there. I had a couple things like, uh, you know, like first touchdown bet, stuff like that. Like there were a bunch of like bonus bets. And I always take care of whenever I see a bonus bet on some random sports book and stuff like that. I, I'll always play all those. So that was really the only other thing I did. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Can't resist. No, I mean, dude, they're giving you they're giving you odds, pot odds in your favor. It's plus EV bets. So I, I take all of those. So I had I have like I use like again, I know this is a bet AG uh podcast here, but I have like 10 different accounts at 10 different books right here. So anytime I see any of those bets, you know, whatever account I have money and I'm always gonna take a take a shot on that stuff. So Absolutely. and everybody out there, that's that's good advice for everybody out there too. You should be taking those shots too, because if they're giving you an odds boost on anything. Chances are they're what they're basically doing is tilting the odds in your favor from being against you. So even if they don't work out once or twice when you do them, you should take them every single time because they're going to work out more often than they fail. And if you're getting better payouts on it than you should be getting on it, you're going to wind up with more money at the end of the day. So take all of those. So Benny, I just want you to know this hasn't even been live yet. We're live on the zoom. This is the audio for that. Now we're officially live on YouTube. I officially just started it. So for the people who are just turning in, we're reintroducing Benny a second time. I messed it up the first time. We didn't even start the Zoom the second time. Now we are live on YouTube for the people at home that are listening. We could even restart this in general. But just so you all get caught up, we had a one-unit losing week. This was our first losing week of the season. 17, 18 weeks. It took us that long to have a losing week. And it stinks. But we recover, okay? So we talked about how me and Benny had a winning teaser, and we'll probably put together another winning teaser for you guys. I think if there's any safe bets on this show that we kind of talk about are those teasers. You're going to have to fork over some more money on it. We don't talk about unit sizes or what to, you know, what your purse should be, but teasers are normally our better plays. We started hot with the Colts and the Bills, and now here we are in the divisional round. Benny, we only have four games this week. We only have four games this week, and it, it's kind of sad. It's a little bit sad. You know, football's coming and going. Next week will be conference championships. And then we're going to watch the Pro Bowl, which would probably be Madden and then the Super Bowl. <laughs> I am uh, not watching the Pro Bowl. But, yes, I, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, listen, it's it's been a fun season. It's been a long season. And uh, you know what? I mean, I do basketball and baseball as well. So I'm already well into the basketball stuff at this point. We're about a month into that. And, uh, you know, putting out some videos, doing some prop bets for stuff uh, for stuff over there. And, doing some daily fantasy stuff over there as well. I get the, you know, the FTN daily background on, on over here. 
you look like you're gonna say something go ahead <laughs> well no because you're talking about basketball and i think that's crazy because i'm kind of getting caught up on all the craziness that's going on with covid right now and Dude, bad. i mean what is it i mean i know i know they're changing their rules and everyone's gonna wear a mask on the sideline and so on and so forth as if that's really going to change anything i mean what is it? What's the difference? I mean, is the regulation any different? I mean, it's getting crazy. Yeah, I mean, they're not in a bubble. Like last 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 season when they redid everything after Rudy Gobert started licking microphones and acting like an asshole, and then the whole thing got shut down. Um, they went into the bubble, and the bubble was great because before you could get into the bubble, you had to test clean. So once you were inside the bubble, they knew everybody was clean in there. So, you know, it was like a, a small little controlled environment. What they're doing now is basically just letting the players live their normal lives. So, I mean, you know how it is. Like, you're living your normal life. And, again, not even getting into the guys that are sneaking out to go to strip clubs and stuff like that. Just just in the normal course of your, of your life. You know, you're going to practice. You're stopping to get gas. You're talking to a gas station attendant that may or may not have a mask on. You're going into a grocery store to buy groceries. And the people in there or the, you know, somebody may or may not have a mask on. You're going to a stadium that, yeah, there's not the 50,000 people going to games or 20,000 people going to games. I normally do, but you know, there are still a lot of people probably going in and out of that stadium. You have maintenance crews, you have, you know, the people that work in the offices upstairs, you got all the guys in the team, you got all that stuff, you know, and then again, like all these guys are still living their normal life. So it's not even what you're doing. You know, again, I have three kids and a wife. My wife has been working from home, but if my wife had to go into work every day, if she picked something up on her commute or at the office or whatever, I, I mean, again, I would eventually get it because we're living in such close quarters. Same thing with my kids. If one of my kids goes to school and gets it at school, I mean, you know, I'm going to wind up getting it. You're taking care of your kids. You're within distance to them. You know, my youngest is in kindergarten. I still have to help him like take a shower and things like that. So I'm like way less than six feet away from him when I'm doing, you know, drying them off and getting them ready for bed and helping him brush his teeth and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's the same thing with these NBA players is, you know, there's just, there's a lot more risk. Last year, everybody was in the bubble. All they did was basketball all day long. It was, you know, it was great for us from a watching perspective. We had games from noon to like eight o'clock, 10 o'clock every night. And it was great for the players because you basically just went and played your game. It was, it was kind of like being a, kind of like being a high school kid again on the summer AAU circuit. You know, you just, yeah. you're going out there, you're playing your game, you're going back to your dorm, you're hanging out with your boys and your team, you're going back to play your late game, you're coming back, hanging out, you're stopping at the pizzeria in the middle. I think they had a haircut place down there at Disney, so they always do <laughs> in between, like, you know. But, I mean, now everybody's back in the real world, and in the real world there's, there's a lot more risk. There's a lot more things going on. And as we've seen this week, it could be a problem because, you know, teams have had, like, your center catches something. Well, now the other two centers that have been guarding him closely in practice for the last three days are also close contacts. We saw that happen to the Celtics where like four of their big guys were all out in the same game. And then it kind of spread to the rest of the team to the point where they already had to cancel, I think, two games. I think they canceled another game for tomorrow. And then um, we don't even know when that's going to get back. I think their next chance to play is Friday of this week. So we'll see if they have, you know, the NBA has a rule where you have to have eight guys. And if you have four or five guys... That's you know, been the craziest thing, Betty. People are playing with seven people, seven, yeah. eight. People. Well, it's been, I mean, again, I mean, we talked about it for, for daily. Like th this is what we're talking about every day now is, you know, yeah. what is the team that only is going to have eight guys dressed? Because listen, there are 48 minutes in a basketball game. You need five guys on the floor. You got to make up 240 minutes. If you only have eight guys just doing simple math, the average guy's playing 30 minutes. There may be one or two guys that play 38 or 40. There may be one or two guys that play 20, 21, but 
I mean, for the most part, if you have all these guys playing 30 something minutes, there's going to be production there, especially, you know, like um, the Miami heat were missing Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic and Ben Adebayo, you know, the Celtics are missing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I mean, you take all these guys with 30, 25, 30% usage rates off the floor. That's a shitload of shots, shitload of rebounds, a shitload of assists. Like they all got to go somewhere one way or another. There's going to be about hundred, 110 possessions in an NBA basketball game. Somebody's got to take those shots. Somebody's got to have the ball for those assists. Those missed shots are going to need to be rebounded by somebody. So, you know, whether the superstars are playing or not, there's still production out there for people. And honestly, it kind of sucks for daily fantasy because right now you're basically saying, okay, well, what team is only has eight guys. I'm going to play like three or four guys from that team. And then two of them are like minimum price. So I'm going to have enough money to go get my LeBron James, James Harden, Luka Doncic, like, you know, whatever superstars you want to put in your lineup. It's kind of boring. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's, it's good if you, you know, it's good that you understand that, but there's a lot of smart people out there now playing daily that all understand the same thing is, you know, that's the way to build the lineup. Find a team that has eight guys, take two or three guys in that team. And then, you know, throw in your favorite superstars because those guys are so cheap that you could basically play anybody you want. And I hate to say it, but I think that's the way NBA DFS is going to be all season. I mean, it's just the way it's going. You could tell already this, this season again is a mess. Kyrie is getting reamed because he didn't wear a mask at a family member's birthday party. And it's like, I mean, there's other things going on with Kyrie, but it's just like, you know, you have, you have everyday things. I know it's family gatherings, but it's like, you know, you, you go home, you see your family, you're at a, you're at a, birthday party and you get caught without a mask on and it's you know automatic two weeks he's gonna be that's what i was gonna say he's not gonna play now for you know till till almost the end of january yeah yeah so you know that is what it is i figured i pick your brain on that i i have no stake in the nba right now i was never great at nba betting to begin with it just seems like a headache at this point anyway so it's like i'm staying in my lane at least until football finishes up and we do have some stuff to talk about here um well, we only have four games. We don't have that much. I wanted to talk props, but props aren't out yet, so it's okay. So we have four games, and we're going to open with a game here on Saturday at 4.30. This is a game I want to tease, and I love to tease. I don't know what I'm going to tease it with yet, but I love this game to tease. We have the Los Angeles Rams, plus 6.5 underdogs, on the road against the Green Bay Packers, plus 253, according to betonline.ag, on the money line for the Rams, over under that 45.5. Benny... The Packers are home. You got a West Coast team going all the way up to Green Bay, which Aaron Rodgers talked all year long that no one's going to want to go up to Green Bay and play the Packers. It's too cold. No one wants to see us as the one seed. So now we're going to see if that's actually true because you got an L.A. team doing it. Um, it was funny. There was like last week, I thought the Rams were going to lose that game. And then surprisingly, you, you hurt the backup quarterback. And then the hurt starter comes back in and then they actually do better. So it was the the Seattle kind of hurt themselves by hurting, you know, Wofford. So golf comes in, he kind of does the minimum, the pick six ultimately changed things. And it was just the pick six and cam makers, but it was enough to beat Seattle. They were on the road. Can the Rams stay hot here, Benny? Where are you at on this game? Does this line make sense for you? And do you have a side? Yeah. I mean, I do not think the Rams are going to wind up winning this game. You mentioned it. Like it took a, somewhat fluky pick six and then you know cam Akers having a pretty big day in order for them to work. everything worked out for the rams last week seattle sucked on both sides of the ball in my opinion they made some stupid plays which is not really a staple of seattle they're usually a little bit better than that 
They didn't really run the ball very well. Like, it's just, just so many things did not go right for Seattle last week. But we knew that, right? Like, Seattle's not that great of a team. Like, they really aren't. They, they started out hot. Russ was cooking. They were letting Russ cook. Everything was good. And really, I mean, I don't look at this as all that great of a win for the Rams. Like, it was a good win. You, you win a playoff game. That's always a good win. But it yeah. doesn't change anything for the Rams with me. So here's my thing here, Steve, right? Like, when I run my numbers, I get um, neutral field. I get Green Bay favored by five with the home field advantage, six and a half, which is the number that's being offered. But that is factoring in a healthy Jared Goff. Like, that is based on my numbers for the season with a healthy Jared Goff. Jared Goff was not healthy last week. And honestly, I don't even know if he's going to wind up being the starter this week because from what I'm reading, if Wolford's going to be able to go, he had a stinger last week. You were a football player, so you know you know what that's like. Like, yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes you get over that quick. Sometimes it lingers a little bit. So we don't know if Wolford's going to play or not. But either way, like you're looking at Cooper Cup banged up now. He left late in that game with a knee injury. He had, he had a little problem there. Whether or not he plays, I don't know. It's Tuesday. We don't we don't have that information yet. Um, we don't know if it's going to be Goff or Wolford, but this is what I'll say. Remember last week we talked about Seattle, and I said if Goff's the quarterback, I would actually drop this line to three, and if it's um, Wolford, I would actually move it up to six, and the line was four and a half right in the middle when we were talking about it. I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt for Goff anymore. I'm moving the line just as if it was Wolford starting, whether it's Wolford or Goff, because if it is Jared Goff, he's not 100%. So you're either getting like a 60% Jared Goff or you're getting backup quarterback John Wolford as the quarterback that's going to be out there on the field for them. So I actually would move this. Like I said, my number is six and a half with a healthy Jared Goff. My number would probably be more like eight and a half at this point. So at eight and a half, I do think there's value on the Green Bay side being under seven. So I like Green Bay at six and a half if you can get it there. And then the other thing is, again, when this line opened, it opened at seven and a half in a lot of places. So I originally said to myself, all right, well, I don't want to take seven and a half, but this is obviously going to be piece one of my teaser because at seven and a half, we could tease it down below the seven, below the three. As it is right now at six and a half, you can basically tease this down to a pick them where all you need is Green Bay to win. And I totally expect Green Bay to win this game. So that's the way I'm looking at it. I have no problem laying the six and a half for Green Bay. And I love the idea of teasing them down to half a point and just needing them to win this game outright. So that's the first part of the teaser I had locked in. I kind of hinted at it earlier. So you were able to finish the sentence for me there, but I think you're right. I think the Rams were, were fluky last week. I don't, I don't buy it. Um, granted I was guilty because I was on the Seahawks and I don't know why I felt so good about the Seahawks. I should have saw it coming because of the whole division rival thing and just with the way the Rams and the Seahawks had to play each other. Again, this is like the Browns, you know, it was like a Browns vibe. It's, it was too easy. Nothing is easy in the playoffs. And I think whenever you look at it that way, you, you kind of can look past the lens and realize there's some value on the other side there. And that's what happened with that underdog. And it happened with the Browns as well. But this time, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Green Bay is too good of a team. They're well-rested. Their offense is a well-ordered machine. Granted, they're going to have the work cut out for them against the Rams. Here's what scares me about the uh, the Packers, and I will say that they're due for disappointment in the playoffs. And I know that has nothing to do with anything right now, but it's almost like you've seen this story before. The road team that's been hot, and I say this because I'm a Giant fan, but a defense goes into Green Bay. They're not the well-rested team. They're hungrier. They're coming off the win, the, the win. They have dealt with disrespect, and they come out, and they just try to show up and rattle 
Aaron Rodgers cage a little bit. And Aaron Donald's the kind of guy who wants to do that. And so is Michael Brockers. So I do think they might be able to give him some trouble, but I think Aaron Rodgers is just a bad man this season. I think he's on a mission. He's going to win the MVP. And you know, that's where that is. So my play is going to be to take the six and a half. They should cover it by a touchdown. I do love that pick them. I don't have a side on the total here. And I also say that because I think I was wrong on every total last week, except for the national championship game. So if there's an over under that's at like 75, I'll take the over and I'll probably be right on it. But other than that, I was dancing. They were so on the money last week, Vegas. I I know the bills game, it was a 51 and most of them were at 51 and a half. So it was pretty much that it was pretty much that all weekend long. So I'm staying away from overs overs. I will. I will throw this in there. The Rams were one of the best under teams in the league this year. They were five and 12 to the under because that defense was so good. And that was even with, if you look at their, you look at the totals in their games throughout the year, that was even with a lot of their totals being lower than the totals in other games. Like they had a lot of 45, 46, 47 totals, a lot like this one, even some in the lower forties too. Um, whereas like, I think the average point scored, I don't remember what the season finished up. I, I'd have to go back and run all the numbers for that, but at one point during the season, we were over 50 for the totals this year, which is a little higher than uh, than average. But um, again, the Rams are one of those teams that always saw 40 totals. And for the most part, they went under, I mean, like I said, 5-12 and 12 to the over was their record this year. So if you're looking for a, a side on the total there, I would think the under would be the way to play. You just got to hope that Aaron Rodgers doesn't do one of those uh, – discount double checks where he throws for like four touchdowns in the first uh the first half yeah, i'm more of a fan of when he did it the touchdown got called back but when he did the uh three thrusts the th- oh, yeah. thrust or yeah. whatever from key and field that was great that was an all-time celebration that he scored a rushing touchdown he got called back so that's where i'm at we like the packers here but i don't want to end up picking too many favorites we were pretty much on the money with these underdogs last week at least we had a beat on them you know you know back to the Rams seahawks game too as much as I picked the Seahawks, we kind of did catch that game because we hinted that Seattle against the 49ers there did the same exact thing with the same exact line. They were losing. They had no business winning that game as a backdoor cover. And I knew if Seattle won, it would have to be that way. They just couldn't do it. Um, but whatever. Let's move on. And this game, <laughs> I, I mean, I can't wait to watch it. So we talked about how we double dipped on the Bills here. My Super Bowl team is still alive. Thank God we – we might still have to hedge. I mean, I don't. This is a pick'em, so there's not much value in the hedge. But uh, Wait, the Baltimore Ravens. They have What's a. Up? They have so, this game yeah, I'll, I'll show the line from Bet Online AG uh, to the people watching the stream. But yeah, I have this down. It's one point. It's practically a pick'em. It's one okay, point. Okay. Yeah, it, it's not a straight pick'em. But Ravens are a one-point dog on the road against the Bills. Plus one seventeen on the money line. Over/under is fifty. Benny, like I was just saying, I love the Bills. And I was waiting for this stat. I told you last week we finished 63% on the season. And it's funny that the Bills actually, against the spread this season, finished 63%. I think there's a direct correlation with the fact that we bet the Bills every week and we finished 63%. So I want to do it again. But to that point, the Ravens are right there. They also finished 11 and 6 against the spread. I don't think the spread will obviously matter here. I mean, maybe you could put this in a teaser and bring maybe the one up to a seven and make that a touchdown in a game that you might think is close. We talked about last week that the way to beat the bills is to run the ball. The Ravens do that pretty damn well with Lamar Jackson, but I don't really have a beat on this game. I I really can't figure it out. I think the bills are the overall better team and I think they should get this done. Bills mafia is looking 
electric electric people are like getting lit on fire they have a quarter attendance and people are going crazy so it's hard for me to even think of betting against the bills but again we'll start with two home fate uh with two home favorite picks and it's just it's not like me i don't love picking these favorites do you have a beat on this game or am, am i missing anything is is there something i'm not seeing in the baltimore ravens i mean not right re- like it's I don't want to make it sound like I don't like the Ravens and I don't think the Ravens could win this game because I do. But I mean, I think you're on the right side here. You know, my number's Buffalo minus two and a half. Two and a half was what it opened at in most places this week. And the fact that there's been some, you know, some drop down here to get it to one. But remember, we talk about this all the time. If the number's below three, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. Like, obviously it matters, but it doesn't matter as much because the numbers rarely fall below that, right? So like, the move from two and a half to one is not really that big a move. If it moved from four to two and a half, that's a significant move because you're dropping through the three, you're going through the four. Like those are, those are key numbers or semi key numbers that a lot of games end up on when you're down there in this one and two range, it, it doesn't really matter all that much, but I do think Buffalo should be favored here. So I'm on that. I'm on that side of it. Like I said, my number's two and a half. So not exactly a field goal anyway. And really this is a game that I don't really want to bet on if I was going to bet at all. Um, the number at one, I don't want to put it up to seven. If you're going to tease it up, you want to get it up to seven and a half so that you get the seven and the three as wins. If you can't get it up there, then I don't want to do it. Especially when, if you ask me to pick a team outright, I would pick Buffalo outright. That's the team I think is going to win this game. Now, again, at minus one, you never take the money line because the money line is what? Minus 120 something on them. Yeah. 137. All right. So 137, you might as well just take the, you get minus 110 at that minus one. Uh, we could look at it right now. We just showed the, yeah, I mean, most of the time, if it's minus one, so so we got plus one ten at the plus one minus one thirty on the minus one. That's where that line is at betonline.ag. Wait, hold on. Minus one is minus one thirty. Correct. So really the, the line that they have is actually like, is actually like one and a half then because one and a half would be minus one ten. So it's about 20 basis points for every half a point in the, in the spread right there. So that's along the lines of what you're seeing a lot of other places in the industry right now, where the line on this game is minus one and a half at minus one ten. Yep. Well, I, it's hard for me to pick the Ravens. They just but won. The, what, the straight money line is minus one thirty-seven. Yeah. Minus yeah. I mean, I'd still rather the minus the take the minus one, give up the the seven basis points there on the one thirty to one thirty-seven. If you can get it, there's an alternate line there where you can get it at two and a half or you can get it at one and a half or something. And you can get that juice down to like even money or like minus 110 or below. That's that's a 100% would be the number I'd take. I'd rather do that than I know. I mean, I don't want to take a 130 on a fucking spread bet ever. Like that, yeah, just, no, that just pisses me off when people do that. Like just move the number and make it minus 110. I hate when they, I hate when companies do that. We'll have to go call betonline.ag. I'm sure they're watching this stream right now because yeah. we have them everywhere. We're showing the lines from the website. So hopefully they are in this way. They know to uh, hit me up for more uh, advertisements. But even if they don't, even if they don't, um, you know, we'll give them a talking to because I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I had a point about the Ravens. It's just that I don't buy it yet. I, I don't buy it yet. I, I will say this, though. They shut Derrick Henry down last week. I mean, they yeah, shut they shut, they shut him down. Their defense is underrated. Like, everybody th- – when you think of the Ravens, everybody goes Lamar Jackson, the running game, like all that good stuff. They have an underrated defense. I think their defense mm-hmm. is better than people give them credit for, and that's the thing. But you know what? I just think Buffalo, Buffalo has been a really, really good team this year. 
Josh yeah. Allen took the step forward that I was hoping Sam Darnold took as a Jet fan, and, and it didn't really happen. Josh Allen is a legit stud. Like, that dude is legit. Getting um, Stephon Diggs for them on the outside just makes this offense so dynamic right now. And then they're healthy on defense. And when they're, Their defense was one of the better ones last year. They struggled a little bit this year, but they weren't always healthy this year. They're starting to get healthy now. Some of those corners are good. You know, they had uh, Matt Milano is back. Like, there's – there's guys there that are solid on this defense that are now healthy that missed some games. I mean, listen, I think Buffalo, I, I said for the longest time, Buffalo and Kansas City were on a crash, crash, crash course for the AFC championship. <laughs> I can't even talk right now. It's been a long day, bro. You know that. It's been a long day. Listen, um, it's been a long day for me and you. I couldn't even get the stream up and running. I feel bad for the people at home. There's some echoes. I'm moving screens. We're trying to do different things, guys. It's 2021. We're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> but anyways. But you're right. You're right. So Matt Milano is back, and I'm a big fan of that, and he was making plays last week. Um, but again, no, an, an underestimated part of that Ravens team is that defense. Marcus Peters came up with a huge play. Again, shutting down Derrick Henry, something has to be said about that. Tannehill didn't look all that great last week either. But still not betting against my Bills. So we're going to have to look for some underdogs in the Sunday games. And you know what, Benny? I think we're going to do just that because I do like both the dogs. I'm already hinting at it. You're going to have to walk me off this ledge and tell me not to do this. And it usually works when you do. Okay, so we have our first game here on Sunday. The Cleveland Browns are on the road. 10-point dogs against the Kansas City Chiefs. Plus 395 on the money line. Over-under is at 56. Benny... I didn't know what to expect out of the Chiefs line, especially after the Browns won the way they did against the Steelers. But then I thought they've done it to the Chiefs all year long. It's going to be really tough to try to get a number on this. And it's at 10, 10 even on betonline.ag. These are two of the worst teams, actually, against the spread you yep. know, on the season. So I don't really feel good on either side. <laughs> 10 is just a lot, but I said that last week about the Bears, and I was wrong. 10 wasn't enough. So where do you sit out on, on this game? And I feel like, you know, I've been hinting at the teaser. I like the Packers. This was the one game where I was like, well, maybe just so I get a decent number under a touchdown, maybe I tease the Chiefs down, but then I get it at four. So is that the move? Is that a play? What are you looking at in this game? I mean, if you're going to play a teaser this week, that's the, that's my second favorite leg. I don't really think this is a great week for teasers because of that reason, um, but that's the way to do it. So here's what I'll say. A couple things here. First off, when I run my numbers, um, neutral field, obviously Kansas City is first in my power rankings. I have Cleveland slightly better than league average. So when I run those two numbers against each other, I get the Chiefs should be favored by 10 points on a neutral field. So you factor in home field advantage. My number would be bigger than 10. It's probably more like 11, 11 and a half. Now, with that being said, the Kansas City Chiefs have not covered a game since November 1st against my New York Jets as 19-point favorites. They are 0-7-1 against the spread in the last two months of the season here. And we talk about this all the time, right? Like there's – now, again, they won these games. So I don't want people to think like, oh, man, the Chiefs struggled. Like, no, the Chiefs are – Basically, the only games the Chiefs lost, they lost one game earlier in the year, then they lost the last game of the season when they didn't even have all their starters playing. So, for the most part here, the Chiefs win every week. It's just, we talked about this a bunch during the season. It's like, if they're 7, 8, 9, 10, 12 point spread, 19 point spreads on these games, those are not easy spreads to cover. Like, you got to really, you got to beat a team into the fucking ground to cover a, a double digit spread. And this yeah. is the playoffs. 
Like, we're not talking about you're playing the Jets in week seven here. Like, this is the playoff. This is the second round of the playoffs, too. Like, there are no bad teams left here. You know, these are not teams that you should be beating by multiple touchdowns, even if you are the likely eventual champion of the, you know, the NFL as they are the favorites right now. They have a problem because their defense is not the defense that shuts down games, right? Like, they win games because if the game is even remotely close in the fourth quarter, Patrick Mahomes just finds a way to make a play and get them a touchdown. And even when he does get a touchdown, like they're up three, and then he gets a touchdown that puts them up 10, the defense gives it right back most of the time, which is why they've had trouble covering here. Because it's either you need Mahomes to do some Patrick Mahomes things to win the game at the end, or Mahomes does those things, and then the defense kind of gives it up on the other side, and you wind up getting backdoor covered. And it's been one of those two things that's been happening to them for literally every game in the last two months right here. So if you want to be on the side that makes the most sense here, like I said, even though my number is a little bit bigger than this number being offered, to me, the side that makes the most sense is the Cleveland Browns getting the 10 points because it is not easy to win by 10, and it's definitely not easy to win in the playoffs by 10. So I definitely will not agree with you on the next game if you're going underdog, but I agree with you on this one if you're going underdog. (laughs) And I'm going to throw my this reasoning, My reasoning is going to be less analytical than even than what I just said. It's going to drive you crazy. It's going to drive you crazy. But <laughs> I will say that I will say this though. I also like the over here for the reason you were talking about is like, when you see a number that feels like it's already high, it's usually not high enough. Yeah. And that's the way I'm looking at this game because Cleveland has been one of those teams that with the exception of the weather, when it's like 15 degrees outside, Cleveland puts up multiple touchdowns in a game. And yeah. listen, Kansas city is known for putting up multiple touchdowns in the game. Like that's, you know, Kansas city is like, all right, you want to get in a shootout? That's fine by us. We get, we got the best shooter here. So, you know, they're, they have no problem playing 35, 28 games either. And their defense is not good enough to stop anybody. And the Browns defense who is good enough to stop people is not good enough to shut down the Kansas city offense. So I like the over, but I will be on the Brown side of this game. I think Kansas city wins. I don't know like 35, 31 or something like that. It's going to be a lot of points in this game being scored, but I don't think that Kansas City is going to run away with it. Well, so I think that's worst case scenario if the Browns want to win, though. I mean, just in terms of that, I'm not saying they're going to win outright. I think they can cover the 10, but when you think about it, the Browns are going to run the shit out of the ball. This is something we talk about with the Chiefs. We can talk about about it with the Bills. How do you beat these teams? You got to slow it down. You got to take the ball out of Mahomes' hands as long as possible. And they kind of do have the recipe to do that. I mean, Hunt, looked like he was moving really well chubb chubb is like robotic when he's running he's all like muscle and high and tight and stiff and like hunts the elusive guy but they work so well together if baker takes care of the ball i mean that 10 i mean that 10 they they should be able to cover that but again i'm worried about that back door the chiefs are the type of team if they're up seven and they're on that last drive and you're like, okay, we could settle for the push. If they'll take a field goal, they're going to try to score a touchdown. The chiefs are the opposite of the team. That's like, let's make this a 10 point game. No, they're, they're going to put their throat, uh, the, the, you know, their foot on your neck. On, you mean on they're the opposite and... of every coach that Andy reads the opposite of every coach that coached last weekend and was yeah. punting on fourth down on their own territory, which was, yeah, the Titans, I don't know. Insane. I don't know what they're doing. Dude, there were some really bad coaching decisions last week. It wasn't just the Titans. There were some other ones in other games, but Really, really bad coaching decisions last week, at least from an analytical standpoint on what gives you the best chance to win the football game. There were just some head scratching decisions. last. Well, week. the Colts, the Colts missed a field goal. They went for two. 
Like there were, there were a few things. I mean, in the time it made sense kind of, but not really like over the long period of time. It, 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 you're right. There was a bunch of weird stuff going on, um, but none weirder for me than Juju dancing on the field when they were down 22 points. That is not a coaching decision. By far the weirdest thing I saw was Juju Smith-Schuster still doing TikTok dances down 20 points in like the fourth quarter on the field. It's like, what are we doing? What are we yeah. doing? No. Uh, but you know what? That's why they're home playing golf this week and uh, Cleveland gets a chance to knock off the champs. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And also, LOL, I, the last time I said, what are you doing, was to Chase Young, who decided to call out Tom Brady and went missing. So that was great, too. But speaking of the GOAT, speaking of the man himself, he's trolling himself on Twitter for this matchup. The two ageless wonders in Tom Brady and Drew Brees, they square off for a third time this season. The Bucks are three-point dogs, plus 120 on the money line for the Buccaneers. Over-under is at 52. Benny, let me just put it this way. I've lost each time I bet the Bucs against the Saints this year, and I actually didn't bet for the Bucs. I bet the total on the one. I needed it to close, and they lost 33-3. to Pretty terrible feeling. Pretty awful. It was the last leg of a parlay. I hedged it, but it's not the same. It's not the same feeling. And Brady, Brady killed me against the Saints. I, he just goes missing. But I just want to note, before you tell me where you're at and give me the actual take on this, because I obviously said I'd lean on the Bucs, but it's hard to beat the same team three times. Yes. All I'm gonna say it is hard to beat the same team three times, especially when that quarterback is Tom Brady. That's so, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So look, the Saints have obviously had the Bucks number, but what do you think? What do you think this matchup is gonna look like? Uh, the over under is at fifty two. Do you see this kind of being high scoring between the two teams? The two, you know, high 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 throwing quarterbacks, or once were high throwing quarterbacks. I mean, for me, I think it'd be best case scenario for both quarterbacks to turn around and hand the damn ball off. But mm-hmm. what do I know? We're here. We have people going for it on, uh, or not going for it on fourth and two in the playoffs. We've seen crazier things. So maybe they just try to come out and air the ball. I don't know. What are you going to expect in this matchup? So numbers wise, I have the saints. Um, these are two of the better teams in my, in my power ranks. I think they're both in the top six or so. Uh, you guys know anybody who's been following this show or anybody who's been following me, knows that I'm higher on the Saints than most people were this year. I have the Saints as the number two team in my power rankings behind Kansas City by a decent margin, but better than everybody else and right behind Kansas City there. I have the Saints on a neutral field being favored by a little over two points here. So when we factor in home field advantage, my number is like, it's more than 350, but not a, not, not enough to be four. So, I mean, we'll call it 375, even though that's kind of like a a no man's land number, but at least it gives you guys an idea of where I'm at on the game. Now, I think you said it was three. I think I, I saw it open in some places at three and a half this week. Um, the fact that it's down to three, it's not the direction that I think it should be going in, but I get it. You know, I, I get why it's there. It's Tom Brady. It's the goat. It's, you know, what you said with people saying you can't beat the team three times, which is tough because it is tough to beat. And it's team hard to. Team. I didn't say yeah. you can't. It's just better. Yeah, it is hard. To, I, I agree with you. But, <laughs> I mean, listen, this team was handled by the Saints. Tampa Bay was handled by the Saints twice this year. Opening weekend, they beat them in uh, New Orleans. And then it was like week eight or nine or something like that. It was November 8th was the, was the last time, the second time these two teams meet. And basically New Orleans blew them off the field and when they met in that matchup there. So I like the Saints side of it. Like I said, I've been on the Saints all year. Anybody who's been following the show or following me, you're already up a bunch of money on the Saints. Yes, we are. Again, I, I, from the middle of the season on, I was one of the first ones that was like, you know what? This is the second best team in football. 
And we've been kind of riding it even with the, even through the Taysom Hill days, we've been riding the Saints and making money on them. So I'm not going to hop off now. I'm playing with house money. And um, that's the way that I'm going about it. If Tom Brady gets through, am I going to be shocked? Not at all. But if you're asking me which side I'm betting on, I will take, I will lay the three points with the Saints right now and um, pretty much expect that I'm going to wind up with a push. Okay, so if I'm there, right, if I did take the Saints, here's what I'm looking at. We're, we're ideally projecting all four home favorites to win, and it's just not going to happen. I can't do it. I can't stomach it myself. So that means one of our two guys, and I do have something on the Saints here, very small, um, for a Futures to win the Super Bowl. I got him at like plus 700, nothing too crazy, but still solid 7-1. to one. But that means someone, either the Saints or the Bills, got to get upset here because I don't see the Chiefs and I don't see the Packers, although maybe it would make more sense for a top dog who's been kind of rested to get upset. But I can't get a read on this board right now, and it's driving me insane the more we talk about it. I almost think the Brady pick is too predictable to pick for an upset. You know what I mean? I think it's got to be something out of the woodwork. I feel like it's got to be a team like the Browns. I feel like, it, I, like it's too easy. This is what I mean. This It doesn't make sense right now. I mean, if you ask me right now, which underdog I want to take out right on the money line, it's, it's Baltimore. I mean, and, and again, and I love, I love Buffalo too. Like I, I'm with you. Like I love Buffalo, but if you're like, to me, I'm on, I think all four favorites win this week. The only one I'm worried about covering is is Kansas City because it's a big number there. But if you said to me, hey, you know, you got you to gotta put one bet. I'm going to give you $1,000, but you have to bet an underdog on the money line. It's going on the Ravens for me. Hmm. I, think they're, I think they're the underdog with the best chance to win this game. And I know some people are saying Cleveland, like, dude, just get that shit out of your head. Like, I know we just watched <laughs> Cleveland, and it was like, you know, it's the most recent thing you remember. It was the last football game that we saw on Sunday night. And they came out and they just completely bitch smacked the Steelers in the first quarter, but everything went right there. Like I went to take a piss and before I came back, they were up seven, nothing already. I was like, I didn't even see what happened. I had to go back and rewatch the play to see how it got to that point. Like everything just, it was one of those days where if you're a Steelers fan, you were just like, my God, everything that can go wrong will go wrong and did go wrong. And that came for the Steelers. So I do not expect Cleveland to come out here like they needed that variance in this week to win this game they could have won they could have won last week just by playing a normal game but the fact that they had all that variance in their favor last week means like dude you're you're overdue for something bad to happen here and kansas city's the kind of team that you're not going to beat if you lose like the turnover battle to them or if you don't score every time you get in the red zone like you need everything to go right against kansas city to even have a chance to beat them and for, for Cleveland, everything went right last week, and nobody's that lucky that everything's going to go right two weeks in a row. So I don't expect Cleveland to win that game. I also think the Chiefs, to your point, are due. Like, the Chiefs are due to cover. They're 0-7-1, you said, against this. They're due to cover, Eddie. They haven't, dude, again, they haven't covered since November 1st. November 1st was the last time they covered against the Jets. See, that, that one's not it for me. The Chiefs are due there. I think you're right. The, the Ravens matchups, it makes more sense because they can line up well against the Bills and run the ball. Oh, I don't know. For the sake of the show, I'm going to keep my picks where, it at, where, where it's at. So this way I got two and two on both sides. But in real life, I still can't get a beat on this because I, th- I think you see what I'm saying, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Sure, in a perfect world, like the, the four home teams are the better teams. They should win. There should be no problems. But that's not how the NFL works. One dog is going to win, at least. You got to think one dog is going to win. 
It's the NFL any given Sunday. So does it happen on Sunday? I mean, give me Brady. Give me Brady for now. I'll say it for the show. I don't love it, but I could just kind of hang my hat on it. Over under that 52, what do we need for that? About 28, 28, 24. Seven, we'll get seven touchdowns and a field goal. Yeah. Ah, that's a lot. It is. Maybe not too much, though, but it's, it's a lot. I don't know. We're staying away from totals. You told me to take the over 56. I'm not touching the, I'm not touching the total. We're not advising the people. Yeah. The total. It's um, well, no, wait, was that 56 was in the Kansas city Cleveland game. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's okay. the only total Kansas we're playing. City, Kansas city and Cleveland are two teams that can light up a scoreboard. So I don't mind the over in that game. I wouldn't touch the over or the under in the Tampa Bay, New Orleans game. I mean, both of these teams played, I think 10 and seven to the over this year. So, I mean, they're both basically right around, even money on the, on the, like it's, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to take it. I don't want to take a side on the total here. If I'm playing anything in this game, my favorite way to play this game is just saints minus three. You guys know, I love the saints, you know, I've been high on the saints and I've been riding them and making money on them. So like I said, at this point, if I lose the saints bet in the playoffs in the second round at the end of the year, I'm going to look back fondly on the saints for all the, all the money they made me leading up to here. And here's another thing too, Steven, I want to, I want to point this out to people. It's like, this is eight good teams that we have left here. Yeah. Like, there is no shitty team left in the playoffs at this point. Like, even the Rams who are playing maybe minus their starting quarterback, none of these teams are bad. Yeah. A lot of what we do during the regular season is we pick on bad teams or we, we take good teams. Like, we're not going and betting on the toughest matchup of the week when we have 16 games to choose from. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I don't think people understand. It's like, when you're sports betting, you don't get style points for picking – games that everybody thought were going to go the other way or that, you know, I picked the toughest game of the week, the one that nobody could figure out. Like, that's great. I picked the three games that everybody knew. Like that the survivor pool maybe that matters. Like, if you need to pick that, like, if everyone's picking that, if, even then. It matters, like in when- handi- it matters in handicapping contests because it gives you a yeah. leg up by doing things that other people aren't doing. Exactly, exactly. But when you're that's talking – And even then, it's not a great idea. Yeah, even but when then, it's not a great idea. Yeah, when I'm just talking, like, straight up the dollars in my pocket, like – I'm not trying to be the guy who reinvented the wheel here. I'm trying to pick good teams playing shitty teams at spreads that are lower than they should be because that's how you make money. Like that's, and that's the name of the game here at sports betting. That's what a lot of people don't understand. It's like, I'm not doing this for pride. I'm doing this to make some money. You know, I'm doing this because if I could do this then my paycheck can go into my investment account and you know, I got enough money to buy food for the kids with, uh, with football winnings. Like the more weeks I can do that, the more Bitcoin I buy, the better I'm going to be in 10 years. So that's the idea right now. That's, that's what you're trying to do here. So you don't kind of like, you know, if you don't have a strong lean on one side or another in some of these games, like I, I, you know, if you have to bet to do something like sure bet five, 10 bucks or whatever, but if you're putting down like serious money, you're putting a couple hundred bucks on the side of one of these games, or, you know, you're putting a thousand dollars on one of these teams. Like I, honestly, the games that I really want to bet on for football, I've already bet on at this season. At this yeah. point, I'm watching football as a fan more than I am as a gambler. Yeah. I, that's big facts. I mean, to the, to the total, cause I don't know if we got on air or we were live exactly when I said it, or even on the intro, but I got burnt on the bucks over or on the under last week against the Redskins or the football team because Taylor Heineke threw that last-minute touchdown. So that one stung, and it could be very much the same with the Saints and the Bucks this week. could be very tight to that over-under total, and then a last-minute touchdown on either side that doesn't really mean all that much to what happens in the game. Bite you, but you're right. You know, a lot of people do bet recklessly in terms of it's the playoffs, let's bet the board, and I think I think you want to have fun with it because we only have a little bit of football left, but 
I mean, pace yourself here. Pace yourself. I mean, listen, if we weren't if we weren't stuck in a pandemic and you and I were going out to the Meadowlands right now to, the you know, the, the sports book over there and we were going to watch the games and have some beers and hang out like, yeah, I'd bet every game while we're there, throw a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there, whatever the deal is. But like my my quote unquote bankroll, the money that I have, like, you know, that I use for all my gambling stuff. I don't have a lot this weekend. There's not a lot of things that are really jumping out to me. I'll have a bunch of money on basketball throughout the week. That'll be how I get my gambling fix for this week. But as far as football goes, you know, I'm going to watch every one of these games, but I probably won't have a lot of wagers on any of these games. So this is not an easy week, guys. So definitely don't make this the week you decide, uh, oh, man, we only got three weeks of football left. I got to go all in. Like, these are not easy games to pick right now at this point. Well, that's the thing, too. So I'm playing the Ravens game almost as a hedge. That's kind of what I hinted at. That was my initial feeling. But that's my point. I, I I like a lot of these teams, but they're all good teams. And it's like, this is not an easy week to figure out. And that's why I'm looking at the board. I have an early read. I kind of know what I want to play for teasers. But even then, it's a bit of a stalemate. Maybe it's because we had one losing week. And now I'm just off. We were we were down one unit. And now, now I'm just all twisted and turned. So we'll go through and break down these picks real quick. One more time for the people. I'm getting one question here. Would I rather draft Jalen Waddle at 11 or draft down and take Devontae Smith? The giants are never trading down or trading back for anybody ever in the years I've ever been a giant fan. They'll just, they'll never do it. So they'll sit at 11. Ideally. I pray that Jamar chase falls to us probably won't because the Eagles are the type of team that are going to just draft a receiver. They'll probably take, I think Waddle Chase and Devontae Smith might even all go in the first 11 picks or the first 10 picks. It's a little, it's a little odd. I, I, I like Jalen Waddle a lot, but I think the Giants are our best player available team. So as much as we need a receiver, if they end up addressing one and getting a guy like Allen Robinson or Galladay in free agency, it'll change a lot of what they look at, uh, look at in that draft. Um, also, there's a lot of other good receivers that are falling a little later. So I wouldn't be so high strung on, taking a receiver at 11, but I love Waddle. I wanted Devonte Smith when Waddle was getting hype earlier in this year. And I thought the giants could get him late or maybe like in the second. And that's just a fallacy now. I mean, how about his performance after, after Monday night? He's not going in the second anymore. <laughs> no, well, Monday night. No, I actually said that on a live stream. Uh, I was on the entertainer talk at sports and I was like, Oh, who do you think they should draft? Kyle Pitts also peaceful ish. Who uh, That's the guy who asked the question. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts is a guy I really like at 11 too, but they have to decide what they're going to do with Evan Ingram, but yeah, so he was playing LSU and he scored three touchdowns and had the one-handed catch when I said that. And so I was like, well, I guess, I guess that dream is shot. Yeah. Uh, let's go through these picks real quick. I know you got to bounce Benny. Uh, the time is ticking on that. So I have Packers minus six and a half here. We're going to tease that down to a half a point. Bills minus one is going to be my play, but in real life, I'll probably hedge with the Ravens because if you follow the show, you know, we have a futures on the bills. Give me the Browns plus 10. We'll take the over at 56. And I know you don't agree. Hard to beat a team three times. We're taking the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, Benny, anything we missed? Oh, I guess the teaser of the week for me would be give me Chiefs minus four and the Packers half a point. I don't love the minus four. It's no man's land, but I want to bet. I want to bet the uh, the Chiefs. So give me so a chance. Here, here's what I'd say. Hopefully, and I don't think it's going to happen, but maybe maybe we get the Chiefs to drop down to like nine. Eight and a half would be obviously ideal because we could get down to two and a half. But if it drops to nine and we can get down to three, I would, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. And the other thing I'll say is keep an eye on the Ravens game as well because if Baltimore moves back up, Baltimore was two and a half, plus two and a half at the open. You could have teased that up to eight and a half and gotten through the three and the seven, giving yourself a little bit of room there that would have been something I would have been interested in. The fact that it dropped to one 
I actually think the reason it dropped to one um, has more to do with cutting off people from getting through the three and the seven on the teaser. That's why it's at one minus one thirty and not one and a half over there at minus one ten. Because yeah, at one and a half minus one ten, everybody would tease that up to seven and a half. But if they do minus one one thirty, and if you want to tease it up with the six point teaser, you know, you get it up there. Well, and- I even said you could do it and get it at seven, even without the half. I was like, I mean, that that's a, but I, yeah. But then it's like, I know I the know. whole like the, the the value really comes from getting through the key numbers because then because mm-hmm. those are and and really quick, I mean, for anybody who hasn't watched the show before, the whole reason why we talk about those key numbers is if you take the final scores of football games over the last, you know, number of years or so, it's a little bit different, the long-term view, because we just started adding in like the two point conversions and we moved back to field goal. So the numbers are a little more off than they used to be. It actually used to be even more pronounced with the three and the seven. It's a little bit less now because we get a few more fours and eights and stuff like that because of missed field goals and teams going for two and things like that. But for the most part, if you just do a straight bar graph and you just took how many each, you know, what number each one of these games ended up on, the three and the, the bars for the three and the seven are still well higher than all the other numbers out there, which is why teasing through those numbers gives you a little bit of extra value there because those are the numbers that games end up on the most. So that's the reason why. Educational. We're still teaching people. End of the year again, 17 weeks it took us to have a losing record. 17, and we missed it by a damn push. But I guess that could have been a loss. So it could, have been worse. could have been worse. Uh, Benny, big thanks again. I just want to plug you because I didn't get to do it in the beginning because we retaped the beginning um, at Benny R 11. I didn't even get to throw it in there. People who are going to listen to the podcast, you can sub to it below in the YouTube channel. If that's where you're looking at it. If you're listening to the podcast, you're already sub to that uh, sub to the channel at talking Tino. Um, but Benny is a part of FTN network and FTN bet. You can check it by the FTN daily. He has behind him right there um, at Benny R 11. Benny, tell the people what you have going on just in case they missed out on the NBA stuff we talked about earlier or just anything in general. Yeah. Well, you're going to do me a favor and throw a link over to the FTN network in the, uh, in the cards at the end of here. So then uh, my bosses don't hate me for, for hopping on your show as well here today. So that helps us out as well. And anybody who wants to click on that link, you'll see, I do a video every week where um, the lines come out on Sunday. So I go through the lines as soon as they come out for, you know, the sports books in New Jersey where Steve and I are, are, are living at the moment and kind of give you guys my ideas on that. And then every day lately, I've been going out with an NBA video that goes through the props of the day. So, you know, we have a pretty robust daily fantasy projection system over at FTN Daily. And I basically use that projection system to also bet on the props that we have there. So I'll go over to our, uh, we have a tool on FTN Bets. It's called the Prop Shop. Awesome tool. The guys that put this together, we have some, uh, we have some really smart coders that work with us and they basically went ahead and set it all up. So if you're going to play any props this weekend, guys, go over to FTN bets, click on that prop shop tool on the top of the page. You just type in the name of whoever it is. So like, if you like, I don't know, Devontae Adams receiving yards, right? So you just type in Devontae Adams name, it'll go and it'll give you the prop for every sports book in whatever state you ask it for. Again, I live in Jersey, so I always have it set to Jersey, but it'll tell me every single sports book, what the prop is for him what the number is, what the payout is. And then you can just go down there and find whatever the best payout for whatever the prop that you're looking at. You're looking at a, you know, passing prop on Josh Allen. If you're looking at rushing yards for uh, Lamar Jackson, just type in the player's name. It'll give you all the numbers. And then you just pick out the best one and go better and make the most money. That's the idea. If you're going to play it anyway, you might as well get the best payout on it. Right. hundred percent. Hey, and I've used the tool before, man. It helps you out. Obviously just helps you 
simply just look at the different values and make sure you get the best bang for your buck. So definitely do that. Listen to what he has to say. I'll definitely plug that in um, when I redo this video later on. We have all the links below, but I'll make sure I tag that as well for anyone who rewatches it. But again, Benny, thanks a lot. Enjoy your time. I know you're with the family right now. So have fun with that and uh, see you, man. Thanks a lot. Anytime. That interview with Benny Ricciardi was brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, a big shout-out again for Benny for coming on uh, and being patient. Again, guys, we're trying things out. We're trying to do things for a YouTube channel that I'm starting up. We have a few in the works right now, but Talking Tino is more my personal stuff where I'm trying things for the New York Football Podcast. We also have the What Is Shea podcast that is streaming off the What Is Shea channel. You could also follow that account on Twitter. That'll be all Met stuff. I'm working with the entertainer as well as Mage. Um, me and Mage, obviously, from what you guys know, work with Clapback Sports together. The entertainer is someone we've now networked it uh, with. And we're really excited to get it started. The Mets are making moves. We haven't talked about it too much on this show because of all the football and Giants and gambling stuff we have going on. But that'll be stuff to be on the lookout for. But thank you guys for being patient and being open to listening to new things on this show. We're trying to get unique. We're trying to get different with this and just ultimately help the New York Football Podcast grow. So thank you guys for being loyal listeners and sticking into that. I love you guys so much. So be sure, if you're a first-time listener, to follow us on Twitter at NYFootballPod as well as myself at Tino Rodriguez. Sub to all the podcast platforms. Guys, be safe. Stay healthy. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube